Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I'm your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB. And today it is Monday. We got a really good Monday night football game tonight: Chiefs and the Ravens. Super excited for that. Uh, but for me, Monday night, we're going to be doing our early waiver wire look through and see what we got coming up on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. So we're going to go ahead to the fantasyfellowship.com. We're just going to click on the uh, waiver wire report right here. And I already got all my names and guys entered in there. So we can uh, we can take a look at these and start to figure out who we're going to be contacting on Tuesday. And hopefully we get them on Wednesday. So we're going to take a look at the quarterbacks first. Now, I'm assuming Ben Roethlisberger and Matthew Stafford are already owned. But if they're not, you should go ahead and definitely slam these guys for your streaming options. Uh, but then you got Jared Goff here versus New York Giants. And I think we're going to want to start targeting players who are going up against New York. Uh, so if I'm kind of just looking at uh, percent roster ship here. Uh, this is just ESPN. Uh, but I noticed there's kind of a dip from basically Drew Brees down to Carson Wentz, down to about 70%. Uh, so Carson Wentz is a guy that's out there. I'm not really too excited to own Carson Wentz. But Roethlisberger, Stafford, these guys are both below 70%. So if they're hanging around your leagues, uh, go ahead and pick those guys up. You know, there's a bunch of quarterbacks here that are under 70% owned. Uh, but as far as the quarterback streaming matchups, I really like Ryan Fitzpatrick against Seattle this week. Joe Burrow versus Jacksonville. Both of those games are at home. And then, yeah, Jared Goff's at home against the Giants. You're going to have Kirk Cousins going up against Houston. Uh, people have been taking advantage of their defense. you got Ryan Tannehill, Gardner Minshew against Cincinnati. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, low-end quarterback versus Arizona. These guys are more quarterback twos, I think. Uh, so I think my list is going to stop here at Kirk Cousins and any of these guys I'm open to streaming this weekend. And then just for Superflex, you got to do your due diligence. Uh, I think most of these guys are going to be owned. Maybe it's Justin Herbert that's around. Nick Foles is probably going to be one of the hot ads this week. Uh, I did include him up here on the streaming uh, list. He's only – he's probably a, a low-end uh, – no, he's a high-end quarterback too at best, I think. So he's probably going to be the guy that in Superflex leagues goes for a good amount of money. Uh, and then I think you need to hold on to Trubisky, hold on to Dwayne Haskins. We're stashing Tua. If someone dropped Drew Locke, I think you could pick him up. Uh, we're keeping an eye on Carson Wentz, especially on Sunday night going up against San Francisco. Uh, the reporters are already asking Doug Peterson about what's Jalen Hurts, you know, when are we going to see Jalen Hurts? So I'm kind of keeping an eye on that. And then Ron Rivera said today for Washington that he's already kind of got Dwayne Haskins on a short leash. leash. So we might see Kyle Allen uh, get a start or two pretty soon. I mean, and the Washington football team, they play the Ravens. And then I want to say another really good team. It might be Buffalo. So they have a really tough schedule coming up. So I'm kind of on Kyle Allen watch. I'm on Jalen Hurts watch. Uh, and then keep an eye on Tyrod Taylor. Justin Herbert kind of, he played well enough, but I still think that Anthony Lynn's going to want to pivot back to Tyrod Taylor at some point. So uh, that's pretty much it for quarterbacks. For the running backs, though, I have a list here of guys who should be owned, but if they are not owned, uh, you should really you know, consider adding these guys. James Robinson lit it up on Thursday Night Football. He's getting all the touches there. Miles Gaskin also looked really good, and he's dominating the touches, the snaps, uh, and everything you want to see there in a running back for PPR league. So Miles Gaskin's probably my favorite guy because he's kind of matchup proof. Uh, if, <clears throat> whatever, if the Dolphins are going to win, you're going to see him you know, rack up touches uh, and if they're losing, you're going to see him rack up the pass reception. So I love Miles Gaskin. Daryl Henderson looked really good yesterday. Uh, I worked on an article today that I've already put out, and it's called the Opportunity Report. And if you go to this on the fantasyfellowship.com, uh, you're going to see everything from week three. I, I map out all the quarterbacks, the running backs, the receivers, and the tight ends for the team that got snaps. Uh, so you see the total number of snaps, the percentages, and then you're going to see the stats here. 
so if we go back and look at the LA Rams, and it's al alphabetical, so you just got to keep scrolling down until you find the team that you're looking for. Uh, but the LA Rams, here they are. We're going to see Daryl Henderson took 34 snaps, same amount as Malcolm Brown, so 49% and 49%. But Henderson ended up getting 20 touches and compared to Malcolm Brown, 7 for 114 yards compared to 19 yards. And then Henderson got the, you know, the inside the 10 or it was an inside the five-yard touchdown. Uh, and he's also getting targets too. So I really think Daryl Henderson has a chance to uh, continue to run away with this starting job, or I guess as the one A version in this backfield. Uh, we should still keeping keep uh, keep the light on for Josh Kelly. It wasn't a very good game script for the Chargers, but if they come back to Tyrod Taylor, that's going to be a very run heavy offense. Uh, so make sure Josh Kelly's not hanging around. Uh, Jarek McKinnon was probably picked up this week because of all the injuries to the Niners, uh, but he's still worth a hold. Even when Raheem Mostert comes back, they're still going to want to throw passes and get McKinnon a handful of touches. So make sure he's not hanging around out there. And then Mike Davis, if <laughs> he probably got picked up in your league, but just in case. Um, and then I kind of draw the line here. And these are guys that could be available in your leagues this week. And Rex Burkhead, uh, Rex Burkhead went off this week. If we take a look quick at his numbers. Uh, I actually started him in one league just because out of necessity, all the injuries at running backs, but he only played 46% of the snaps, but you see him get 46 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, a whopping 10 targets, seven catches, 49 yards, and another touchdown. So I think it was like 34 fantasy points and PPR out of Rex Burkhead, which is fantastic. Uh, and with the, the unfortunate news about James White, we don't really know how long he's going to be away from the team. Uh, so for now, Rex Burkhead's probably the safe high floor PPR player running back two in most leagues. So I really like Rex Burkhead as a guy with some value for a couple of weeks. We just really don't know about James White. Uh, and then you got Carlos Hyde. There was that crazy injury to Chris Carson uh, last night in the game where the, I can't remember the guy's first name, but his last name's Hill, number 72 for the Cowboys, ended up like like alligator rolling with Carson's legs in his arms and just ended up tweaking his knee. So it sounds like Carson, uh, they're leaving the, the possibility that he can play this weekend, but I'm not expecting it. It's probably going to be a one or two week injury uh, at worst. So this is going to make Carlos Hyde and they're going up against Miami. So that's going to probably be a pretty run heavy day, but defense is, you know, I guess the Seattle defense has been just letting teams score on them. So this might be a really high scoring game. Again, we saw Ryan Fitzpatrick light it up. Uh, but keep an eye on Carlos Hyde, monitor that Chris Carson injury. And if you really need to plug in an RB2, I think Carlos Hyde could be the guy for a week, uh, maybe two at the most. And then after that, like the running back waiver wire is really bleak. I think this is the week to do some preemptive ads. I do have a note down here <clears throat> that says Philip Lindsay against the New York Jets, which is Thursday night football, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but do your due diligence. See if he was dropped. I think I'm open to holding on to Philip Lindsay. Um, the team's not going to be that good, but the, the running backs are going to be the main part of that offense. So just see if he's available. I consider adding him as a low end RB two flex. Uh, but the guys that I'm interested in adding maybe a week earlier than normal was Brian Hill going up against green Bay who Alvin Kamara gashed this team. We've seen teams run on green Bay a lot and Todd Gurley just does not look the same. Uh, so if we go and look at the reports of the Atlanta Falcons game against the Chicago bears, you're going to see Todd Gurley get 51% of the snaps Brian Hill with 34% of the snaps. Uh, Todd Gurley took 14 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown. But Brian Hill looked really good with his nine carries, 58 yards, and the long touchdown run. I think it was like a 35-yard touchdown run somewhere in the second quarter. But Brian Hill's starting to show that, hey, 
I am the guy to own behind Todd Gurley. He also had three targets, a catch for 22 yards. And then you see this huge difference in snaps here from Ito Smith to Brian Hill. So uh, Brian Hill is probably the one guy that I'm willing to to. I don't think he's going to be a high priority for a lot of people's waiver wires because they still they still see Todd Gurley uh, as the RB1 there. But we know Todd Gurley has the, the the kind of chronic knee injuries. He's not really looking the same. I think on this one yard, uh, this two yard catch, he just looked really slow and he just didn't have much juice left. Uh, so I'm open to adding Brian Hill on the end of my bench uh, and hopes maybe in two, three weeks we get something there. Uh, but he plays Monday night football against the, the Green Bay Packers. So he's the guy that I'm really interested in. Adrian Peterson, his usage, like I said here, is hard to ignore. He's got a tough matchup against New Orleans this weekend. Uh, but if we look at what the Lions backfield this, did this week, it was pretty confusing because we all thought that DeAndre Swift was going to have a game, but he only played six snaps. And then you see Adrian Peterson with 40, Carrion Johnson with 20. Uh, and then Adrian Peterson gets 22 carries, 75 yards. Detroit was kind of in control of this game. They didn't let it get away. They, they ended up winning the game and just continued to run the ball with Adrian Peterson. So as long as they have a chance to win the game, I think you're going to see Adrian Peterson get 15 to 20 touches. So maybe not this weekend against the Saints, but if, AG, if Adrian Peterson's kicking around your waiver wire, he might be worth a ad for later uses. I think I, um, I tweeted about this today, but the Lions, they have a bye week five. But their schedule after the bye is just ridiculously uh, juicy. So I'm just trying to open this up here. So they play New Orleans this weekend at home. Then they get the bye. But after that, they go on a run here of just some of the worst defenses in the league. So that's Jacksonville, Atlanta, Colts are all right. Then Minnesota, Washington, Carolina, Houston. You know, that's seven really solid games where we could see the Lions offense uh, starting to help us win some fantasy matches and uh, could tilt our could tilt our season at some point. That's a seven-game stretch of really good matchups for Stafford, the run game, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson. So I'm really into all those Lions at that point. And then you got Chris Thompson. He's just a PPR emergency back. Same thing with J.D. McKissick. I think both guys had more than eight PPR points last week. Uh, so I know a lot of people are, are in dire need of running back. So if you have to plug in a guy that's got you know a six to ten-point floor, these would be your options. Latavius Murray – uh, going up against Detroit, he's had more carries than Alvin Kamara so far this year. And again, he's probably got a six to eight point floor where you know he's going to probably get uh, somewhere between 12 to 14 touches, whether that's like 10, 12 carries and a catch or two. Uh, but Murray, he's got some potential there to kind of help uh, run the ball against Detroit. <clears throat> and then another preemptive ad here that I really like is Anthony McFarland going up against Tennessee. And then I kind of note here that he's at emergency handcuff stash for James Conner. So we're going to go down here to Pittsburgh. And again, this is on the fantasyfellowship.com. You can check out my, uh, basically, this is the week three opportunity report where I just go through and I list all the stats, the snaps, and everything that you need to know what happened last week. So you're going to see James Conner. Of course, he's the main back as long as he's healthy. So he got 66% of the snaps. Uh, Benny Snell comes in at 19% of the snaps. Uh, but he only ran the ball seven times for 11 yards, which is not exactly great. And then you see Anthony McFarland get some snaps here. He totaled six rushing attempts for 42 yards. He was also targeted twice and caught one for seven yards. So I'm looking at this as a win for Anthony McFarland compared to Benny Snell. He's probably going to grade out a little bit higher for that week. And if we all, I mean, everyone knows James Conner is very brittle. He's one of the most injury prone labeled backs in the league. And if anything happens to Connor, if he tweaks that ankle or if it's a new injury that arises, uh, you're probably going to see some kind of quasi running back by committee with Snell and Anthony McFarland until one of those guys can separate themselves. But I mean, with six for 42 yards, that's seven yards a pop. Uh, 
Anthony McFarland showing that he's got some some interesting things that he can add to this offense. And he might even be a guy that gets more looks going forward, even when James Conner's healthy. So uh, for preemptive ads that I think people aren't going to be as high on, uh, I really like Brian Hill and I really like Anthony McFarland. These are guys that you probably don't need to spend much money on for free agent you know, money. But uh, I don't know, just keep an eye on those guys. And then I have a list here of deep stashes. These are guys that you can probably get. Uh, one of my favorite moves in fantasy free agency is to kind of not pay for my players and just wake up on Wednesday morning, add some guys for free. If any of these players were dropped, these are low end uh, bench stashes that, you know, it probably takes an injury or something to, to bounce their way. But these are guys that could help us uh, at some point. And then I do have a list here of running backs that should be owned. Uh, let's take a look here at the one of my favorite things to do is just click on the positions and we're going to go by rostered percent rostered here. Uh, so we'll look for the drop-offs here. Everyone's above 90% so far. We're seeing some 80%. Um, Le'Veon Bell's dropping below 80%. If Le'Veon Bell was dropped in your league, I should probably add him to the waiver wire list just in case. Uh, he's going to be back at some point, maybe a week or two. And if he does come back, we'll see what happens. So just keep an eye on Le'Veon Bell. If he's available, go ahead and pick him up. Uh, Cam Akers is about 75%. Tariq Cohen's going to be on IR the rest of the year, so we can probably just cut him outright. Uh, but now we're getting to, you know, below 70% players. So I kind of already talked about these guys like McKinnon, Kelly. These are guys that should be owned. Uh, Naheem Hines, he's pretty low here at 57.2%. So if Hines is available, I think I'm going to add him to the list. Uh, Miles Gaskin, guys, he's still way too low at 45.8% in ESPN leagues. Let's go ahead and look to the second page. Uh, I could probably add Sony Michelle to this list. He's, you know, under 40% owned at 38 here, but he played really well. He's still not getting a lot of carries. The most he's had in the game is 10, uh, but we see two out of three weeks he would have been startable. So you kind of just have to you know, play the matchups and maybe play him when New England is expected to win. So like maybe a game against Denver here, that might be a really good one. Uh, maybe the Jets coming up in you know, week nine. Uh, and then you got some games down here where Miami, that might be another one. So I'm open to Sony Michelle maybe being useful for us at some point. Again, we talked about Adrian Peterson already. Uh, Benny Snell, you're still holding on to Benny Snell. Uh, he still has the opportunity to be the main back if James Conner goes down. Uh, and then you got Chase Edmonds here. Kenyon Drake really hasn't done anything uh, miraculously as the RB1 there, so I'm still holding on to Chase Edmonds. And then again, these guys are all less than 30% owned. You see Rex Burkhead here. He's probably the number one running back in terms of free agent auction money this weekend. So uh, he's getting the snaps. He's getting the catches. We see... Uh, four receptions, 47 yards the weekend before. You know, this is a, a floor game for him, basically 8.9 points. I, I just don't think they needed him in the Miami game. They weren't, you know, losing that game at all. So he kind of just stayed out of the receiving column. But in this Kansas City game, he's going to probably catch somewhere in that four to seven, you know, catch range. So I like Rex Burkhead for next week, especially if you need an RB2. Uh, so that's pretty much it for the running backs. No one else is really sticking out quite yet, but we talked about those preemptive ads and then probably Rex Burkhead is the number one guy I would target. And then keep an eye on Chris Carson's injury. Uh, the receiver list is very lengthy this week. We had a lot of rookie receivers do some fun things. That starts with Justin Jefferson. He went off for 175 yards and a touchdown. I think he had seven catches on nine targets. And then I noted that I noted that his role should continue to grow, to grow. Uh, the, the Vikings need a second receiver. Their defense is not good. They're going to have to continue to throw the ball. Uh, so I like Justin Jefferson. He's probably one guy that I would probably feel the safest about adding this week in the waiver wire. 
Uh, and then you've got a guy like Alan Lazard, who he had a really good game last night. He had 146 yards and a touchdown last night. Uh, he's on the field a lot. We expect Devontae Adams back, but Alan Lazard has wide receiver three flex value going forward. They play against Atlanta, you know, on the mo- next Monday night, then they're on a bye week five. So you're probably going to get a good start out of him against Atlanta at home. And then you got Randall Cobb going up against Minnesota. These are, these are you look at these defenses here that these teams are playing against Houston, Atlanta, Minnesota. These are passing offenses that we really want to target this year. And you can also see like Philadelphia, Detroit, Jacksonville. These are also really bad teams. Uh, so these guys are all going to be like flex options for me this week. Uh, Anthony Miller, he's still running behind. Uh, if I look at the, let's pull up the Chicago Bears opportunity report. And I want to pull up these snap counts here. So, of course, Allen Robinson's their leading snap guy at receiver. But Darnell Mooney has been running more snaps than Anthony Miller the last couple of weeks. But Anthony Miller... Last weekend, we saw Dar- Darnell Mooney catch the touchdown. This weekend, it was Anthony Miller. Uh, they both saw four, five targets. So they're kind of like a 2A and 2B situation right now. So I'm going to continue to monitor this. Uh, I think Nick Foles might have just pumped some juice into this offense. They're probably going to be throwing the ball a little bit more, a little bit more trust in the passing game, I think, with Foles. Uh, so I'm open to Anthony Miller if he was dropped. Brandon Ayuk had a really strong game. He ended up with like 31 rushing yards and I think it was 70 receiving yards. And you see them start to use him uh, a lot like how they use Debo Samuel. But I did note here that Debo is coming back. So he's not really a priority for me. Uh, But my dynasty rosters are excited to see uh, Brandon Ayuk used very creatively. And then you got Traquan Smith here going up against Detroit. I think Michael Thomas is going to be playing this game. Uh, But now that defenses are going to have to focus back on Michael Thomas, uh, we could see Drew Brees start to pepper Traquan Smith. Maybe it's Emmanuel Sanders too, but I really like what Traquan Smith has been doing the last couple days. Uh, Something really stuck out the other night, or it was last night, but against the Packers. I think he was the only receiver in week three to play a full 100% of the snaps, which I thought was really impressive. So uh, 61 plays on offense. He ran every single play. So six targets. Four for 42. That's probably a floor game somewhere in that eight to 10 point range. Uh, so if Traquan Smith's still hanging around, I think he's a viable add at this point. And then you got T. Higgins. Uh, T. Higgins, he was one of those guys that I was keeping my eye on this week because last weekend, um, going up against the Cleveland Browns, we saw T. Higgins get the start and he got a lot of snaps. And this week, you see T. Higgins start again and then lead the receivers in snaps for the Bengals. Uh, he was second on the team in targets. He had nine total targets, five catches, 40 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, so T. Higgins is one of those receivers that I'm really excited about. And if you are kind of not excited about getting a Justin Jefferson, but uh, you kind of want to add one of these you know, rookie receivers that have a chance to continue to grow, I think it's T. Higgins because basically when they do their three wide receiver sets, it's going to be A.J. Green on the outside and T. Higgins on the outside with Tyler Boyd running around the middle. Uh, but T. Higgins, he's he's a starter at this point. They have started him twice. He's very high on the team in snap counts. And then if anything happens to A.J. Green, we could just see the T. Higgins uh, stock go through the roof. So he's a guy that I actually think I would rather skip Justin Jefferson because I don't really trust the Kirk Cousins. You know, the passing game, the whole Minnesota offense, is just kind of not exciting for me. Whereas – Joe Burrow, man, they're going to keep slinging it. They're going to cheat. They're going to keep trying different things. I think Joe Burrow is a better quarterback at this point in his career than Kirk Cousins. So give me T. Higgins for a fraction of the cost of Justin Jefferson. And then you got Curtis Samuel here. I just noted that he's a high four play of eight to 10 points in PPR. 
Uh, Hunter, Hunter Renfro is the healthiest receiver left for Derek Carr. Uh, Henry Ruggs might be back this week, but we did see Brian Edwards go down. So Hunter Renfro is going to continue to get a lot of targets. I think he had nine or 10 targets in this last game. Uh, Scotty Miller is back on the list after, uh, you know, basically getting cut by everybody last week. Uh, but Chris Godwin, man, he's having an MR, MRI today for his hamstring. I uh, haven't heard any reports yet, so I'll probably report on that a little bit more tomorrow. But if Godwin's out, so here's the thing. Like, they play the Chargers this weekend. Uh, and then week five, they're going to play on Thursday night football against the Bears. So I think the target is going to be Thursday night football for Chris Godwin. Hold him out this week. Make sure the hamstring is okay. Uh, we got Zach Paschal on the list here going up against Chicago. Uh, and the thing with Zach Paschal is uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is out for about four to five weeks. Uh, he I can't remember what they said about his leg, but there was like compartmentalization or something in his leg. So I don't know if that's like blood clotting or the proper term for it, but it's not good. So he had surgery right away last night after the game. So now you're going to see Zach Paschal step into the number two receiver role behind T.Y. Hilton. Uh, so Zach Paschal led the team in snaps yesterday at 93%, only four targets and two catches for 34 yards. But again, this was against the Jets. You know, they really didn't throw the ball that much. They're going to have more competitive games in the future. And if there's a receiver logging 93% of the snaps, that's going to have my attention. So he's kind of a sneaky ad at the bottom here. Uh, Braxton Berrios, if you want to meddle with the Jets passing game, be my guest. Uh, Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis make the list because John Brown left the game. He had a calf injury. I uh, haven't seen many reports on that yet. Uh, I'll probably have some more information tomorrow on this. Uh, but when John Brown, John Brown went out early in the game, Cole Beasley stepped in, went over 100 yards for the game. Gabriel Davis also had a really nice game. Uh, let's go ahead and look at the Buffalo stats. Um, yeah, I mean, right now, Matt, Josh Allen is dealing. He had five total touchdowns yesterday, three for four. So it looks like Buffalo receivers are kind of be, they're going to be a part of our fantasy success this year. So you see Stefan Diggs is the clear number one running 98% of the routes or the snaps. Uh, but Gabriel Davis stepped in for the John Brown role coming in at 74% of the snaps, four targets, four catches, 81 yards. He's, a, he's kind of, he's a bigger John Brown. He can stretch the field and do a lot of cool things. Uh, deep that Josh Allen meshes, you know, it really meshes well with Josh Allen's deep, deep ball arm. And then you got Cole Beasley, not running a lot of snaps, but when he's in the game, he's going to get targeted. So seven targets, six catches, 100 yards. Uh, so three receivers in Buffalo, all three of these guys have fantasy value. Uh, and if John Brown's out, I'm going to be looking at Gabriel Davis. They have a tough matchup coming up this weekend. Uh, I guess it's not that tough. It's going up against Las Vegas. So we don't really trust that secondary yet. Uh, so Josh Allen's probably in a really another good spot here to smash for us in week four. Uh, so monitor John Brown's status. Maybe we pick up Gabe Davis. I say definitely pick up Cole Beasley uh, if he's available because he's he's got a really good chemistry with Josh Allen. Uh, we got LaVisca Chenault here uh, going up against Cincinnati this week. He's got high floor play of about eight to ten points. He's had a really consistent uh, – let's take a look here at our guy, LaVisca Chenault. I just want to pull up his – game log so far through three games so he's got i mean he's kind of on a downtrend but he's averaging about 10 fantasy points per game which you like to see uh, about 10.8 fantasy points per game last week he had a career high in catches with five uh, but he's been really locked in you know between 33 and 37 yards uh, but there's a good chance that this jacksonville cincinnati this game could be on the fast track and we could see uh, a lot of passing from these two teams. So I like LaVisca Chenault if he's still hanging around. But again, he's kind of just like a high floor play of about 8 to 10 points. And then these are just some names to file away. 
in case like of emergency. Uh, Tim Patrick, he looks like a really good outside receiver for the Denver Broncos. We have no clue what they're doing at quarterback. So I'm kind of just like ignoring this situation like I am the, the New York Jets receiver here. Uh, but then James Washington and Chase Claypool need to be on your radars this week. Uh, Deontay Johnson left the game with a concussion. So we got to see uh, what his practice participation is going to be this weekend, because if he is out, I'm going to be kind of interested in throwing James Washington or Chase Claypool in some of my lineups. Uh, so let's take a look quick at the snap shares uh, after Deontay Johnson went out. So we got uh, Chase Claypool actually led the team in wide receiver snaps last uh, yesterday with 76 total percent. Uh, we got Juju at 72%, James Washington 61%, and Deontay Johnson, he left early 24%. But Claypool had four targets, one catch in 24 yards. Uh, James Washington led the team with targets, or he tied for the team with Eric Ebron. Uh, seven targets, five catches, 36 yards. So if Deontay can't go, that's going to make James Washington and Chase Claypool liable targets for us this weekend. So we got to Make sure we watch those Deontay reports. And then I got, I mean, I got KJ Hamler again at the Broncos and the Jets. I really, I really don't want to advise people to uh, play players in this game on Thursday Night Football, but Hamler's got a floor of about seven to 10 PPR points. So if you're desperate at the receiver position or you just want to add him for future use or when Drew Locke is returning, uh, I could see Hamler being added to the end of your bench for pretty much free. Uh, but the, I guess if you wanted to do like the ultimate punt here, Alshon Jeffrey started practicing last week. I don't think we can expect him back uh, for this week four, but maybe week five, week six, he's got a really good chance of playing. This team is in desperate need of wide receiver. We just saw Dallas Goddard get hurt. He's probably going to be out for at least a week or two, maybe more with his ankle injury. So Alshon Jeffrey is one of those preemptive ads that I'm adding. And what's cool about Alshon Jeffrey is you can, if you have an IR spot in your league, you can slot him into your IR and, uh, and then just add another player on top of that. So I like Alshon as a stash. Uh, we got a couple other stash names here, and then I got a list of players who should be owned for you guys. Uh, but if not, I would highly recommend you know targeting some of these players here. Uh, looking at the tight ends now, uh, Jonu Smith, TJ Hawkinson, Mike Jasicki, all of these tight ends should be owned. They're like the last of the true uh, tight end ones. Uh, it's raining pretty good. I don't know if you guys can hear that. But uh, let's go ahead here and filter by percent owned on the tight end machine here. Uh, we're going to do filter by all here. Uh, so there's kind of like a clear cutoff. Like, yeah, Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Ertz, Waller, Higby, Evan Ingram. I don't really know if I trust Evan Ingram going forward right now. Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, Noah Fant, Hayden Hurst, Dallas Goddard, John o. Smith, TJ Hawkinson, Mike Jasicki. So this is probably the cutoff line here. Anyone owned above 70%, that's probably a list of like 14 tight ends, maybe 15 tight ends here. So if any of these guys are available, I think you need to make sure they, they get on your team at some point this this week. Uh, so I have that list of all the, of the tight ends here. So if any of these guys are available, please add one of these. Uh, but if not, uh, we have an interesting group of tight ends here. Starting with, I guess we're going to go, so these are under 70% owned in ESPN. So that's Rob Gronkowski. Uh, we know his usage has been a little bit frustrating to start the year. Uh, but we saw him go six catches, 48 yards, and seven targets. And the one target that wasn't complete, it was an end zone target that Tom Brady just overthrew him. Rob Gronkowski was able to beat his man to the corner post, and it, it looked like a vintage Rob Gronkowski-type route. So I was really encouraged by that. Uh, so I'm probably going to be targeting some Rob Gronkowski uh, because I, I owned a lot of Dallas Goddard, and now that he's going to be out for a few weeks, they got to pivot for tight ends. Uh, so we got a question here in the chat. Stephen Drakes, thanks for the question. 
Uh, do you think Anthony Miller, Chenault, and Justin Jeffries are good stashes? Uh, yeah, all three of these guys are really good stashes. I'm assuming this is a PPR league, and these are these are guys that are probably you know like the last receiver on your team. Um, if I had to rank them for now, uh, I think I think I like they're all kind of the same. They're all going to be a little bit inconsistent. Uh, the most consistent guy is probably going to be Lavisca Chenault, just because he's got a safe eight to ten point floor. He's involved in the rushing game. And then he's going to catch anywhere from between three to five passes. And he's just because he's a rookie, uh, they're not putting too much on his plate right now. But you're going to see LaVisca Chenault probably slowly ramp up his workload. Uh, so I'm the most excited about him. Now that Justin Jeff Jefferson has had his huge game, uh, I think defenses are going to have to make sure that they account for him. He got open deep on that 75-yard touchdown. Uh, so that might actually loosen up some coverage for Adam Thielen. But I like Justin Jefferson a lot. Uh, again, that Minnesota defense is not good. They, I can't even name their starting cornerbacks at you know at the moment. So I think teams are going to continue to put up points on the Vikings, which means Kirk Cousins is going to have to keep throwing the ball. And then with Anthony Miller, I'm, I'm disappointed that he's not out snapping Darnell Mooney. Uh, but with Nick Foles, it seemed like that he gave that entire offense a shot in the arm. And Anthony Miller, I think at this point, he's a very—he's a third-year breakout receiver. Uh, he's just got to get more consistent. So all three of these guys are really good players to have as you know your wide receiver four or five, uh, definitely at the end of your bench. So thanks for the question. And then uh, where we where were we here? Uh, so we're just going over some of the tight ends that are must-own here, and then some guys that I like on the the waiver wire this weekend. We just started talking about Rob Gronkowski here. He's just owned under seventy percent in ESPN leagues. Austin Hooper, we can't, Austin Hooper is probably droppable at this point. Uh, if you want to try to start this, <laughs> uh, 3.5 points, 4.2, 5.5. So he's, he's on an uptrend, I guess, but uh, I just don't trust it. We don't really want any pass catchers in the Cleveland offense. Chris Herndon, we don't really want any Jets pass catchers either. Uh, the one guy that I'm probably most excited about for the tight ends on the wire this weekend is going to be Eric Ebron. He caught the touchdown last weekend. He had seven total targets, five for 52. Um, and hopefully this, this first game is just kind of like a mirage where maybe the 7.3 points is going to be his floor. So he's got this range of five to seven targets, maybe 40 to 60 yards on a high end. Uh, but again, with Deontay Johnson probably not playing this weekend, he's got some concussions, so we're going to see if he practices this week. Uh, but I could really see Eric Ebron having a nice game and continuing to build chemistry with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. We got Dalton Schultz here. Uh, he, Dalton Schultz is not the most athletic you know, freak of a tight end, but he's in a really good offense, really good pass catching, I guess a really good uh, passing volume offense. So we see he had his big week in week two, uh, but then this is probably going to be a floor game where he got six targets, four for 48. Uh, this is the guy that, I mean, they play Cleveland, New York Giants, Arizona, Washington, Philly. Uh, we're really not too scared of these teams, and I think Dallas, their defense is kind of struggling. So they're going to have to continue to keep throwing the ball. So Dalton Schultz is a guy that I'm keeping my eye on. Uh, Jordan Reed's probably done for the year. Jack Doyle we don't care about with Mo Alley Cox now. Um, Logan Thomas, this guy continues to get the targets. I'm not sure if he leads the tight end in targets on the season, uh, but 24 targets for a tight end, that's eight targets per game. Uh, if this is your floor, well, I mean, he's catching four balls a game. He's not really doing well in yards per catch. Uh, but Logan Thomas, if – if you need help at tight end, he's getting somewhere between six to seven points as his bad games. Uh, we'll see what happens against Baltimore. If he's, if the problem with the, the Washington football team is the quarterback right now, uh, who we kind of talked about earlier. 
So we'll see if Logan Thomas can keep these targets going and uh, keep establishing a pretty high floor for tight end. Uh, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham's going to be on the list this week. 10 catches, 103 yards, and three touchdowns on the season. Uh, and now with Nick Foles in the lineup, Nick Foles has always been pretty good with the tight ends going back to Philadelphia. Uh, but I'm not really sure what happened in this Giants game, only the one target. But we see nine targets against the Falcons, six for 60, two touchdowns. Uh, they had to throw the whole second half. I don't expect this game script to be very uh, – we're, we're probably not going to see this game script for the Bears very often. But uh, 24 fantasy points from a tight end, uh, it has my attention. You could probably stream him against the Colts this weekend. Uh, then we got Greg Olson here. Uh, Greg Olson's just old reliable right now. I don't know what happened week two against the, the Patriots. They probably just did a really good job of covering him up with their linebackers. Uh, but we see 11.1 and 12.4. I'm interested in streaming him against Miami and maybe Minnesota the next couple weeks. Uh, both of these defenses are ones we want to target. So I'm super open to uh, picking up Greg Olson as a streamer. Like if you're some, like I've been starting Dallas Goddard in a lot of leagues. Uh, so I'm probably looking at Greg Olson as a low-end play if everything goes wrong and I don't get an Eric Ebron or Dalton Schultz. Uh, and then we got Moali Cox here. I think he's going to be the last. I mean, we got one more tight end, but uh, Moali Cox, he's continuing to show, man, that he's got the goods to be a feature tight end in this league. Three catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Um, the, they were on coast against the Jets, so they didn't need to keep throwing the ball. But a game like Minnesota, where they, had a, they were in it until the very end, you're going to see Indianapolis continue to throw him the ball. So I think he's got a three to five catch floor. He's obviously a much better pass catcher and receiving threat than Jack Doyle. So I think we're going to see, I think Mo Alley Cox is here to stay and potentially be a tight end one. I mean, Phil Rivers has always been good with his tight ends uh, since he came into the league. So I think Mo Alley Cox is, he's only owned in less than 9% of the league. So Mo, Mo Alley Cox is one of my favorite guys to snag. Um, and then I got one more guy for the list here. He didn't really have a great week three, but this is going to be Jordan Aikens. Uh, we see 11.9, 12.5, and 4.8 last weekend. So two out of three weeks isn't terrible. A 4.8, if you had to whip that out, that's it's it's you can win with this as your tight end. Uh, but the thing that I like coming up here is the matchups. Minnesota, Jacksonville, Tennessee, and we'll see about Green Bay. Uh, but these three weeks, we could see the Houston Texans have to continue to throw the ball. They don't really have a good defense, so they got to put up points. And uh, Jordan Aikens is on the field quite a bit. Let's take a look at the uh, reports here for Houston. And again, these are on the fantasyfellowship.com. Uh, just click on the week three opportunity report on the homepage. And then you'll see all the snaps, all the, the rushing attempts, the yards, the targets, everything you need from last week. Uh, but you see Jordan Aikens down here at 68% of the snaps, uh, well over uh, Darren Fells here at 51%. He's out targeting Darren Fells as well. Two catches, 28 yards last weekend to Darren Fells is zero. So Aikens is kind of coming in with a a floor here now uh, and somewhere between, you know, 12 to 14 points on the high end. So I like Jordan Akins, but we kind of already talked about all these guys. Maybe we, we didn't talk about Robert Tanyan though. Let's see if we can find our guy, Robert Tanyan, Jay Sternberger's more owned for some reason. Uh, but last night green Bay had a really good game plan with their tight ends. And that's, it's kind of how they were able to beat uh, the saints last night. So we see Robert Tanyan catch touchdowns in the last two weeks, five for 50 last night. And he's really starting to earn the trust of Aaron Rodgers. You can see after a, a play or two, he would just have this big smile on his face after he completes the Tanyan and he would, you know, thumbs up and kind of stuff like that. Uh, so double-digit weeks here. They got a bye coming up, but against Atlanta, 
we could see another Robert Tanyan. And if he's getting five, if he hits another five targets against Atlanta, I'm going to be really interested about him after the bye week. Maybe they have to feature him a little bit more and get those five to six targets per game. So I really like Robert Tanyan here. Uh, we talked about Olsen Akins. And then the one guy to monitor here is Adam Troutman, uh, the rookie tight end. Uh, he's sitting behind Jared Cook right now, but Cook left last night's game with an injury. So we have to monitor his status for the week. Um, but I'm open to Adam Troutman maybe being a streamer at some point if Jared Cook's out for a while. But uh, then we just got some deep stashes here. These are guys that I'm just kind of monitoring. I'm still watching for Will Disley. But again, Greg Olson had a pretty good game yesterday. And then you got your tight ends here that should be owned. Uh, so I think that's going to do it. If you're if you're still listening, watching to this video, uh, you have questions, you can hit me up on Twitter, at uh, the fellow KGB. You can also ask me questions on our Facebook page. Just search the Fantasy Fellowship there uh, and check out some of our work on thefantasyfellowship.com. Um, some of the new stuff I've been putting out is if you go to the homepage, I have my, well, every week I'm going to put out my week three start and sit charts. Uh, you're going to have your waiver wire post. And then um, I'm starting this new thing where we're uh, hanging out with one of my friends, uh, Jesse Meineke. You can follow him on Twitter at the fellow JGM. Uh, but we've been doing, we've been playing some prop bets. And last week we decided to kind of go on a podcast and share some of our favorite, you know, bets. So this week, week three, we hung out on Saturday for a live stream. Uh, we put some names out there. We ended up getting seven right out of 10. So this was using DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, if you're interested in doing some of the prop bets, hang out with us this weekend and we'll give you guys some names that we think could help you win some money. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be something that we're going to continue to do as the season progresses, uh, the player prop bets podcast. And then again, this is, uh, I spent all day today on Monday, just going through all the, the game logs and getting the snap counts, the targets, all the stats here that you need. So for now it's all 30, all 30 teams that I've played so far. And it's just basically the game logs, the snap counts, the rushing attempts, the rushing yards, touchdowns, targets, everything that we need to know for fantasy football. So uh, I think this is a really important document for every fantasy football player to, to just dive in and just take a look at things and see you know who's getting more snaps, who, where the targets are going, uh, just kind of figure out where the ball is going. So uh, that's pretty much it for this one. We got a really great – we have a treat tonight, Monday Night Football – uh, it's basically the prize of the week because Thursday night football is going to be bad. Denver at the Jets. Uh, so they're giving us a really good one tonight. Week three, Chiefs, Ravens, enjoy the game. Hit me up with questions tomorrow if you need them. But uh, I just want to say thank you so much for your time, for listening, for the questions. Uh, hang out with us on uh, – I'm probably going to be doing a podcast. I might do a podcast tomorrow, but definitely Wednesday and Thursday night. I'll be doing my start sit charts, talking about Thursday night football on Wednesday. And then Thursday night, I'll probably be talking about the matchups for the weekend. Uh, so, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, we'll see you in another video. Peace.